Hi, I'm Alex, I'm a GP trainer, and I'm joined today by five colleagues, Kate and Irma, who are on the trainer pathway, and Andy S, Andy M, and Laura, who are all experienced trainers. We're here today to talk about GP recruitment and retention, and how we can influence and improve this. Andy, what do you see as some of the challenges? My main concern at the moment is that the new contract is having quite a damaging effect on the, the time for training for the junior doctors so that when they come into general practice they've done less than usual and then just not used to working the sort of hours that they're used to doing, 40, 50 hours a week anymore. Irma, you've noticed this in your own training experience. Uh, yes, um, lack of experience. I think lack of hours, um, we, especially with less than full-time trainee um, results in only a couple of days spent in a general practice and with my uh, recent trainee, um, that was half of it was taken for um, integrated ITP posts, so she was only spending one day in general practice, which wasn't long enough to learn. Thank you. Um, Laura, you don't necessarily see this as a bad thing. No, I think um, I would come from the standpoint that um, we need to be moving more towards the new contract um, that the um, trainees have and working less rather than encouraging um, or expecting them to work um, the sort of heavy hours that um, we work. Uh, so, yeah, I would feel that it's a good thing um, that new doctors coming through are expecting to have a better work-life balance than we currently do. What, what are some of the constraints in achieving this? Well, I think a lot of it comes with the attitudes of the way <coughs> the trainees are trained now. I mean, they're trained through the BTS very much with the... Uh, I think, you know, I get the impression that uh, they're trained to consider portfolio training and not to be full-time uh, and doing the hours that we're doing. Uh, I completely agree with Laura that I think we should all be aiming to try and do more of uh, what the trainees work now than the long hours that we've been doing for a while. Um, but I think recruitment is possibly the biggest issue for me at the moment with trying to achieve this, of course. So, Kate, in, in your own practice, what have uh, you, you've done that has been helping recruitment? We've been quite lucky in our practice, in, and probably fairly unusual locally, in that over the last couple of years, we've had two new partners and a couple of new salaries starting as well. And when we've asked for feedback on why they've decided to join our practice, the main feedback has been that we are a very supportive practice and that we have a lunchtime meeting. And in that meeting, we discuss cases, any questions, concerns, and just generally have a chat and, and break up the day with a bit of human contact. Thank you. So what can we do to make general practice more, more attractive? Um, <coughs> more attractive to me seems to be to have more diversity in your week so you can be consulting face to face but that's quite draining. So you, some GPs specialise in, in various aspects of general practice, for example I do sexual health which I quite enjoy and I do one session for medicines management team at the CCG which again takes pressure and uh, makes my week easier. Okay. Well that's all very well but the patients still need to be seen. And you know, if all the GPs are going to be part-time, who's actually going to see the patients and keep them off our back? Yeah. Uh, plus, of course, we've got the uh, regulatory demands from CQC, etc. We're having to uh, keep the patient demand uh, up to scratch and um, uh, keep our customers happier, essentially, uh, which goes back to what I was saying earlier about trying to make sure we've got enough adequate numbers of clinicians and the patients.
Yeah, and I think you're absolutely right. It, you know, we need people there, we need people seeing the patients, but those don't need to be doctors. Um, we've got a paramedic at our practice um, at the moment, which is, she's doing a lot of the visits, that's taken a lot of the load off the doctors, more time for paperwork, more time for a bit of work-life balance and, and not leaving too late. And there's other practitioners who, who work in other practices as well, yeah. such as pharmacists. Thank you. Work, yeah, workforce diversification seems to be a, um, sort of a necessity nowadays. Laura, Nigel Crisp, the chief executive of the NHS, uh, visited your practice a couple of years ago. What, what do you take away from his visit? Yeah, so he came to have a look at what we're um, doing at the practice and the social prescribing arts programmes and things that we've got going there um, and quite a high level of workforce diversification. Um, and I was asking him um, if I could get help from CCG and different um, government organisations to try and roll it out. Um, and he said to me something which I've always remembered, and that is that change happens in the heads of the doctors. Um, and if we want to make things different, we need to take responsibility um, and do that ourselves. Thank you all very, very much for your time. Pleasure.